The DSO Connect 2021 retreat is right around the corner and registration is now open. We are heading to Cape Coral, Florida, July 23rd through 25th, and we also have a virtual only option. Spend a weekend with other like-minded, creative, goal-oriented studio owners. The weekend includes two days chocked full of amazing seminars by the DSO Connect team, including yours truly, and one day of implementation sessions where we sit down together and get stuff done. So by the time you leave, you've already got things checked off your list. You'll leave feeling rejuvenated and have an actionable plan to build your studio into a thriving business so you can live your best life. This is an intimate weekend where we all stay in the same fabulous waterfront estate together, so space is extremely limited. Included in your stay is all the amazing content, the implementation day, swag bag, seminar workbook, food and drink for the weekend, including adult beverages, your lodging at the estate, and the priceless connections that you'll make with all the other studio owners. Plus, you'll get a one-on-one follow-up coaching call with one of the DSO Connect team after the retreat to help you stay on track. For more information and to reserve your spot, head on over to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat 2021 tab. Don't wait too long because space is seriously limited and these spots will go fast. So again, dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat 2021 tab. We can't wait to spend the weekend with you. Welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Robin. How's it going, Robin? What's happening with you? It's good. It was like 2019 up in here this week. That's so exciting. It was so great. We started our summer session this week and Monday and Tuesday, there were just so many new faces and so many returning faces and so many unmasked faces, which you know I love, and just people doing trials and inquiring about extra add-ons and people coming for any rehearsal because for some reason I thought it would be a great idea to do a musical this year. (laughs) So there's so much going on. It's, It's... it's very exciting. I'm trying to be on the top of my game so that I can I can really knock it out of the park this summer and, and catapult us closer to our pre-COVID numbers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Ride the wave. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, we had our first week of summer camps this week and it went really well. I, we had our frozen camp and um, that's always a hit. We had good enrollment for that one. Um and we just had so much fun. Like they just, these kids just really loved it. And I really enjoyed having them. Like we just had a blast. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yep. One, one day our craft was making snow. I found like on Pinterest, a recipe for homemade snow and it's really? just cornstarch and shaving cream, hmm. which as you can imagine, makes a big ass mess, but they had so much fun. Oh my gosh. So they did it outside or inside? No, we did it inside. (laughs) I know the forecast that it was going to rain that day. It actually didn't wind up raining, but I was like, well, we'll just do it inside. So I got each of them like a pie tin and then dumped cornstarch and sprayed um, shaving cream. And they just went to town mixing it up with their hands and then like making snowmen and stuff. And it was awesome. Oh, interesting. 
I, who would have thought? Right. I love that you do have the opportunity to get in the classroom now mm-hmm. and again. Um, I don't do that very often. When I do do it, I do enjoy it. But I, I like I could sub a ballet class in an emergency and that will be enough for like six months. <laughs> I just um, I, I love it in the moment but i yeah i do feel like this fear of missing out of the work that i need to be doing like what's going on in the parent lounge what's going on at the front desk i'm stuck in this room for an hour and a half i've got so much work to do yeah so that's that's my struggle with teaching anymore yeah i will say that doing the camp was a little bit stressful just because i had you know that time that i might usually spend working on admin or or business or marketing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I was in the classroom and yeah. I had a great time. And I do love, we had a, a lot of new kids in this camp and I do love being kids first teacher. Mm-hmm. Like that is very special to me to be somebody's first dance teacher. So I yeah. do, I do really love that. And I think there's a lot of value in that as the studio owner to be their first, mm-hmm. their first dance teacher. And then you know, the parents feel like they know you a little bit better and the students feel more connected. And yeah. as they as they grow, as they age up and don't have you as a teacher anymore, they still feel that connection with you. Yeah. So that's that's a nice benefit of it too. It sure is. What I did do this week though was I went into some of the classes with brand new students and introduced myself. Nice. And I said, um, you know, welcome to our new friends and, you know, just kind of put a little bit of uh I don't know, that that bug in their ear that Miss Robin is watching, Miss Robin has high expectations. I, you know, we're very serious about when we come into the dance classroom, it's a sacred space where it's not a playground, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of those those um that basic um guideline mm-hmm. that kids just don't know if you don't tell them because they just came from the playground. Right. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, I didn't know I'm supposed to act a certain way." Well, mm-hmm. I'm letting you know, and that's how you know. Yeah. So Anyway, what is our topic today? Our topic today is a hot, hot, hot one. (laughs) It's an issue that we see a lot in Facebook groups, whether it's for dance teachers or for studio owners. We see it all the time. And a couple of our members actually requested this topic. So we thought we'd, um, we'd dive in. It is about when that new studio opens up down the street or when a teacher leaves you to open up a new studio down the street or when an existing studio relocates right down the street. So those are kind of the three um, versions of this same um, situation. So yeah, and it happens a lot. It happens to the rest of us. Um, It's kind of like that dreaded thing that we all, um, you know, wonder if and when it's ever going to strike like an earthquake or something. Right. (laughs) You don't know when it's going to happen. Right, Um, yeah. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. And it, there are a lot of things, emotions, um, a lot of pain points that come along with it. But there, it, it, it's not the end of the world. It's not. And, and I think that when it first happens to you, it feels like the end of the world, especially if it's one of your staff that is leaving you to open a new studio. And especially if there's bad blood there or if there's any kind of, um, you know, negativity, it just feels like the end of the world, but it's really not. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you presented three different scenarios. And I think that it's important if this happens to you to kind of, um, well, first of all, let's differentiate between the three things, because not all of them are equally as... um, Catastrophic. Catastrophic. Good word. (laughs) Yes. So again, those three scenarios are a new studio opens up down the street, an existing studio that maybe was further away relocates or maybe adds a second location close to you, or one of your faculty leaves and opens up their own studio. Um, And I think the really, a really important thing to identify here is how big is your market is is a new studio a mile and a half or two miles away really going to impact you that much if it's you know on the other end of the shopping center that might be a different story but if it's like two miles away it's probably not going to be that enticing to your current students so i really honestly wouldn't even worry about it yeah it depends i mean where you are you you've told me before that there are lots and lots of dance studios oh god tons our market in richmond virginia is so saturated i have this conversation conversation with my colleagues who own studios in my area all the time. It's like, this is, it's just bananas how many studios there are. And there's still new ones popping up all the damn time. (laughs) Yeah. Now in, in that regard, do you see them, you see them popping up all the time? Do you see them going away all the time? Um, sometimes yes. Um, we did have a few clothes over COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a few clothes prior to COVID as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, they come and go. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's an important thing to keep in mind. You know, just because a new studio opens doesn't mean that that studio is going to be going to have the longevity um, and, and be there for the long run. It I may, know. it may not. But to assume one way or the other is a futile um, waste of your energy. So just, you know, we don't know how long these studios are going to last. So as far as the market goes, you live in in an area that is saturated with dance studios, Mm -hmm. as was our community in Baltimore. In Baltimore City, there were tons and tons of studios. And people would would choose their studios based on... um, what the studio had to offer, not so much um, geographical location. Mm-hmm. But if you, if your studio is in in an area that's more rural, or there you're the only studio in town, then when a new studio comes in, it's go, it may make a bigger impact on your right. bottom line. Right. So in this case, people aren't going to be choosing your studio based on location because they're both pretty much the same. You got to drive 20 minutes to get anywhere. You might as well drive 20 minutes here or 20 minutes there. Location is not really the issue. The important issue is now going to be what's the difference between these studios? This is a really good time to kind of do uh, some self-reflection. And I would recommend, you know, lock yourself in a quiet room with a cup of coffee or something and a notebook and just reflect on who you are and what your business is all about and eliminate generic and general concepts like quality dance training for all ages, all styles. Right. We please everyone. We've got something for everybody because that's not going to work anymore. Um, Now you're really going to have to hone in on what it is that makes your program different from the new place in town. And this... This also might be a good opportunity to send out a survey to your current clientele, to your current 
your current families and see what it is that they like about your studio. Mm. You know, what, what is it that's kept them coming back year after year? Because it might surprise you, you know, it it might be something that you haven't thought of directly marketing in reference to before. So I would definitely take the opportunity to send out a, a customer satisfaction survey. That's a great idea. Additionally, you could go through your happy box or your happy mm-hmm. book and see what people have been saying consistently over the years. Sometimes we look at these love notes and these testimonials that we get and we feel really good about them. Maybe we use them in our marketing and then we put them aside. But to go back in there, you can find little tidbits that really will reveal like, is it like what specific little nuggets have stood out to people enough over the years that they've actually taken the time to write them down into a thank you note or something. Right, right, yeah. So either way, you want to identify your studio's unique personality and you want to make sure that your marketing is consistent with that. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to be true. You want to make sure that what you are, how you are marketing yourself is actually true you know you don't want to say we are you know the the place to send your child if she wants to go to new york city ballet if that's not what you can do (laughs) right right you want to make sure that you're being honest in your marketing and um really talk up your strengths and let the world know what it is that you have accomplished over these years remember that you are already ahead of the game because you are established you have all these years of experience under your belt when a new studio um unless it's an existing studio that's relocating in in our other two scenarios you've we're talking about a new studio owner who's just coming in they're probably um light years behind you in terms of their knowledge and their experience um that you've racked up i mean you we've been doing this for years and years and years and years we know we've got systems in place we've got um, traditions in place we have a well-oiled machine that just churns and the work that we're doing is fine-tuning and perfecting this work of art that is our business when a new business opens they are starting at zero Mm -hmm. so don't discredit your experience i mean you're light years ahead of where they are um that's not to say you should relax it just means that make sure you're giving yourself enough credit for the position that you are in right and even if you are a newer studio maybe you're only one or two years in think about all the things that you have learned in those one or two years i mean like i don't know about you robin but in my in my big my beginning baby stages of studio ownership, I learned so much and so um, so many systems and procedures and policies were put in place in the very beginning that really have um, set the stage for the kind of studio that I have mm-hmm. and the kind of atmosphere that we've created. So even if you're brand new to the game, you still are ahead of somebody who's just starting out. So just keep right. that in mind. It's not the end of the world. Right. I would also say that it's important to listen with open ears to any criticism that may be coming your way or comparison that may be coming your way that might entice a person to go to the other studio. So for example, if someone says, we might check out the new studio because they seem to be more... 
uh, they, they seem to have more professional teachers or um, they, I don't know, they, they require a dress code or, or they just seem more serious. Well, have an open ear and try to put your ego aside and listen and say, hmm, okay, so I'm hearing that, that my studio might be recreational and this studio might be super serious and maybe there are people who might want to go there because they are looking for something more serious. Do I want to change who I am? Is it something that I should change? Or should I just market to a different type of a customer? and make sure that I am attracting those people who want to come in with ponytails instead of a bun and you know whatever color leotard is fine and it's just fine it's all good if you're late it's okay and you know if, if that's what your vibe is it's warm and friendly and lollipops and hugs that's fine do you want to change or or does or maybe it's the reverse maybe people maybe you have a more serious more strict studio when it comes to you know um being on time or dress code or whatever or class requirements and that sort of thing and the new studio down the road is a little bit more flexible with all of those things and so they want to check out what they're offering down there do you really want to change the way that you have your studio running the way that your policies and procedures are put in place to appease people that might not be your target demographic like maybe you just need to hone in on the kind of client the kind of family, the kind of student that you really want at your studio and market directly towards those people. Because there's nothing wrong with being a more of a conservatory style studio, just like there's nothing wrong with being a more recreational studio. You just have to own what it is that you're doing and own um, the kind of training that you're offering and really market truthfully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that that ties back to our previous point, which is know who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, But what if you hear something like, well, they're just really disorganized or the studio is dirty or the teachers are mean, like Mm -hmm. those types of things. Obviously, we don't want to um, change or we don't want to settle into a studio. Those are not attributes that anyone would aspire to. So I guess those would be better examples of having an open ear and listening when you hear those types of critiques and, and be honest and say, you know what, maybe I do need to up my game in that area and then use it as an opportunity to improve yourself as opposed to um, shutting your ears and being like, nope, that's not true. I refuse to admit that. That's just them being nasty. Maybe maybe there is some truth to it and maybe it's an opportunity for you to excel. Right, which is another reason why sending out a customer survey is, is a good idea, especially. Yeah. I mean, it's a good idea like all the time. I mean, don't send it out like every week or something, but like maybe at the end of the year and I would do it like right after the recital and everybody is super pumped and, and mm-hmm. feeling that studio spirit. Um, you know, that might be a good time to send out your, stu- your um, family survey, but be ready for some tough feedback mm-hmm. because it is going to come. And I would maybe not read all of the responses yourself, but have maybe one of your admin team or one of your trusted instructors read the responses and kind of then like create a summary for you. That's so that, a great idea. Yeah. So that you're not <laughs> having an emotional reaction to reading every single one that comes through. <laughs> that really is a great idea. And you know, the good ones feel great, but the some of the punch in the gut ones don't feel so good and you don't they need don't. to have... 
you know, an hour of a tummy ache over it. Yeah, or longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, th- yeah, that's really good that we um, that we kind of do that self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and, and again, just to identify the kind of studio that you want to have and market accordingly. Yeah. So the other thing that we want to do when a new studio rolls up into town is to understand what kind of studio they are. Because maybe they're, you know, maybe you're more of a recreational studio and they're more of a conservatory or the other way around. Or maybe you're non-competitive and they do offer a competition, Um, you know, or maybe they're like a ballroom studio and it really doesn't matter. Right, right. (laughs) You know, because you're offering two very different things. Um, So I would say, you know, do a little a little recon. Understand what they're offering. Check out their website. Check out their social media. Be careful that you don't get obsessive and do like a deep dive stalking situation because yeah. that that is not healthy for your brain. <laughs> I think it's important that we. Know, it's like when you're driving, you check in the rearview mirror. You know who's on either side of you. You know who's behind you. But your eyes are forward. Yes. Your eyes are focused forward. You, yeah, you need to be aware of whether someone is you know gonna getting ready to like come up on your tail a little too close, or they're trying to flash their lights in your rear view. But keep an eye on it. But most of the time, your your focus is forward. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would say one of the most important things that we can do during this time that can be very emotional is to try to keep our heads up high, be the bigger person in all situations, Mm -hmm. and um, just don't do anything that is driven by our emotions that we may regret later. Yeah. So... You know, you don't want to get into the mud with people. You don't want to be gossipy or negative. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people choose to leave your studio to go to a new studio in town, um, quite frankly, it's their right. Um, it, you know, we live in a free country. This is a free market. Um in other industries, it happens all the time. You know, there might be an, an orthodontist and then a new another orthodontist opens up. I mean, I sometimes wonder, like, do people in other industries get as worked up as studio owners do <laughs> about this kind of thing? That's a very um, good question. So, um, yeah, I would say it's important, you know, you during this process, you may lose a percentage of your students that are really better suited at another type of a studio anyway. Mm -hmm. So while it may hurt your bottom line for a minute, I can assure you that after a few months go by, you will find that you are surrounded by people who are more in line Mm -hmm. with what you're offering. Maybe they have less little nitpicky complaints to make and they will be the happy ones. They will be the ones that are more in alignment with what you're having to offer or what you are offering because now they have a choice. You know, the people in your community now have a choice. They can either go to your studio or the new one based on what they um, think their needs are Mm -hmm. and they're not staying at your studio expecting you to change to suit their needs. Now they have the option of leaving to get their needs met. Exactly. Let me tell a little story. So I think it was maybe like our fourth year, third or fourth year in business and um, I saw a mass exodus of students. Well, it wasn't massive. It was like maybe 
15 students, which is a lot. That's a good chunk. And they were all of my serious, committed students Mm. taking multiple classes a week. They were all the kids on our performance company. And it started with one student who wanted to try competition dance, which is great. You know, we don't offer competitions at our studio for a variety of reasons. Um, And and I've made it clear to my families that, you know, it's just not something that I'm interested in doing as a studio owner. So it's not something that we offer. Um, and so one family said, well, I want to try competition. So they went to a different studio and then slowly almost everybody else on my company uh, decided to go with them to this other studio. And it wasn't even a brand new studio. It was just one nearby that had been there for several years. And at first I was absolutely devastated and so disheartened and like legitimately depressed about it but once the new season got underway i realized that while i loved all of those kids the parents were never satisfied Mm -hmm. and the parents would be constantly questioning my decisions they'd be Mm -hmm. constantly asking for more they'd be constantly expecting um exceptions for them and once they were gone my life was so much easier yeah i can just everything went so much better and and i filled those spots Mm -hmm. you know it was it was a slightly lower year enrollment wise than the prior year but i made it it was fine and then i was kind of more even more confident in my decision to to have the kind of studio that i have And it probably helped you hone in even closer to what your mission is and what your unique um, offering is. Right. Yeah. So that's that's a happy ending. That's a wonderfully happy ending. And those kids, like I even got a, a handwritten letter from one of those students a few years later that basically said, thank you so much for being my first dance teacher. Thank you for showing me how much I love dance and for giving me such a great foundational training. I'm so happy doing competitions. And if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be where I am now. That's beautiful. And And it was great. And if that is your niche and if that is your studio's strong suit in planting seeds then that Mm -hmm. is nothing to snark at like that is absolutely a valid um a valid in our industry absolutely yeah for sure and i'm you know i was so happy to receive that letter it was awesome yeah that's an excellent story casey about um really and again it it just it it's really helpful in this scenario that we identify what it is that we are trying to do in our community mm-hmm. and focus on that. I also had one of those students who left to go to the competition studio come back because she realized mm-hmm. that competition dance was not for her. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, and she was she was welcomed back with open arms and the, you know, the family was was happy to come back and I was happy to see them again and and I, that's just a reason why it's so important to leave the door open if a student does leave if a family does decide to go elsewhere just to say oh you know we're excited for you in this new chapter we're always here for you if anything changes um you know you're still part of our dance family etc etc yeah that's super important and it's and it's hard sometimes because we get emotional and our feelings get hurt but you just Mm -hmm. need to keep your head up high and you need to be the bigger person in this scenario um another thing that you may find yourself in in, uh, another situation you may find yourself in is if the new studio is specifically 
targeting or courting your families. Mm -hmm. And this would happen mostly if it was maybe a, a teacher at your studio that decided to open their own place up the road. Um, I've said it before, but I mean, that breaks the cardinal rule of, you know, DSO etiquette. I mean, come on now, go to your own area. Um, but it happens and... Um, and it happens a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot, yeah. a lot. And, and it's sad because... It's like uh, playing dirty, I think. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think that there's anything righteous or honorable in soliciting another studio's students directly. I think that's just icky and gross. Right. So, but it happens. And if it does, it does I think that, um, you know, we should talk about what to do in that situation. And Definitely. nowadays, you know, back in the day when we were in Baltimore, Casey, I mean, uh, our teachers didn't have direct contact with your parents or either even you unless they ran into you somewhere in Baltimore because there was no social media. Their uh, email was a new thing. You know, it was it was easier for studio owners to keep their client list confidential and, and close to the chest. Nowadays, with Facebook and Instagram and email, I mean, it's very easy for a teacher to have access to your entire student list or a big portion of it and then, you know, use it to their advantage. So. There's nothing we can do to stop that. I think that proactively we can tr we can have rules about not um, friending, uh, not allowing our, our staff to friend people on Facebook. But I don't think that that's even enforceable in this world. It's it's just impossible. Yeah, I, I don't think it's enforceable. I have that policy at my studio where you know our official social media policy for my faculty is that they are not allowed to be friends with students or their parents on social media unless they were friends already before they started mm -hmm. working for me or before they became um, a, a, a customer. Um, that's my own personal policy for myself as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I don't friend families on Facebook or follow them. on. I, I think following students on Instagram, I feel like is a little bit different from the studio page, mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, yeah. um, but I personally don't have online friendships with any of my customers. And I, and then that's the way that I like it. Yeah. But to keep your teachers from doing it is a whole nother ball. Right. You can you can put that policy in place in your employee handbook or your guidelines or whatever you call it. But again, it's not really enforceable unless you want to like on a regular basis, click through your employees friends list, which I think right. is a big old waste of time. Sure. So when you find yourself in a situation where the new studio in town is directly poaching or courting your clientele, what do, what do you do about it? Right. What do you do about it? I mean, you have a couple of options. The first and easiest option is just to rise above, not mention it, not talk about it. Just again, like you said, Robin, keep keep them in your rearview mirror, but keep looking forward. Mm -hmm. um, you know, plan something big and exciting for the upcoming year that people can really look forward to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just keep on looking forward and and try your best not to let it bother you. Yeah. But if it becomes an issue where you've got, you know, a handful or three handfuls of students leaving you um, and then people are talking about it amongst themselves, you might want to address it, especially if there's um, any amount of negativity involved. If there are students now um, 
getting unkind with one another because people are deciding to leave or people are deciding to stay, Mm -hmm. then it becomes an issue where you might want to address it head on. Yeah. And you might, you know, for example, have a dance company meeting and address the elephant in the room, so to speak. And, um, you know, be honest, be vulnerable with your people. But don't be emotional, don't be dramatic, don't be catty, don't be gossipy. Speak in terms that are factual only. Um, only, um, only present the story as you know it and um, don't embellish it. Um, but also, I think the, the, the key is, especially in a dance company or a competition team environment, is that families need to... Um, they, they need to kind of choose. So if there is a situation where um, they're staying with you, but they are being courted, the, the students are going to know. The students are going to be looking over their shoulder like, who's leaving next? Who's leaving next? And are these my friends? Are they not my friends? And it's going to have a real impact on the dynamic of your company or your company. Yeah, and team. just like the general morale of right. all the students, it's not a healthy or productive environment to be in if if the kids are constantly wondering who's leaving next right so what i would do is i would i would be very honest with the parents and i would say you may not even be aware that you know your child is being courted through social media you may not even know it but um i'm asking you to ask your child if this is happening and if it is i need you to make a decision i need you i'm not going to be mad at you i need you to decide are you staying here or are you going there and if you decide to stay then i want you to tell the person that's courting you no thank you and children don't always have the strength to do that you know imagine if you're you know 13 years old and another student is like oh you should come over here you should come over here you should come over here ask your mom if you can come and the child doesn't want to go but they're like well okay i'll ask my mom hoping that it'll go away and then the next day (laughs) it's like did you ask your mom we're having a special class you should come well let's give our children the strength and and to to actually say no i'm not coming i'm happy where i am please stop we can be friends but we're not going to keep doing this or you can go i'm not mad at you but don't be riding in the middle because it's emotionally exhausting for the children and it's also not fair to the other kids on the team or in the company Mm -hmm. because they're constantly looking over their shoulders and i think once you flush out the ones that were on the fence and weren't really sure and you know maybe weren't happy at your program for whatever little reason and they think it's going to be better down the road once you flush that out there will be such a sense of peace Mm -hmm. and you may have lower numbers to for a period of time but like we said before um the morale in the studio will be better um the um nitpicky emails and complaints that you get from parents will lessen and that you'll find that the people who are left are a strong group that believe in what you are delivering what you are promising they believe in your vision and i think it's going to feel a whole lot better knowing that you're surrounded by people who wanted to be there right rather than people who are just stuck with you (laughs) yeah and i don't wish anyone i wouldn't wish anyone any harm it's like 
you need to choose the pediatrician that's right for you, the restaurant that's right for you. You need to choose the hairdresser that's right for you. You need to choose the dance studio that's right for you. So that's fine. Absolutely. It's fine. Another scenario that I think is less and less common these days, but I would encourage you to consider is if you have a new studio opening up or you know, a faculty member leaving to open their studio or a new studio relocating or whatever the situation is. If you are confident enough in your own program and your own facility and your own staff and your own students, why not reach out to them and see if you can be supportive, collaborative colleagues instead of adversaries? Mm -hmm. Why not see if you can, you know, collaborate on a performance together. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's an event in the community that um, that needs entertainment, and you can both be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you can share your sub lists, or you know, like I have a I have several studio owners in my area that I'm good friends with. That when I need a sub, I contact the studio owner and say, "Hey, I need a sub for this style for this night for these hours. Do you have anybody?" And they reach out to their staff, and it's it's worked out really really well for us. Um, So I don't think that you have to be enemies with every studio owner that's in your area or in your vicinity or in your market. You can be collaborative colleagues. and and Yeah, and that would work really well if your programs are completely different. Like if you have a conservatory style program and someone else has a recreational program, um, then maybe you could direct, you could agree that if I get a student that's more suited for your studio, I'll just send them your way and you do the same. And, um, you know, that was that's interesting because um, we're looking for an RV campsite in Key West for uh, Labor Day weekend, and I called this um, RV park, and they said um, they told me about their their amenities and this and that, and they said, but before we book you, I want you to look at the at the other two in town. Wow! And I was like, really? And I was like, that's really. And I felt bad because I did look at them, and I chose to go with another one because it had a pool, mm. and. I felt, but I said, wow, that's really big of you. And she said, well, I want my customers to be happy. I don't want people to come here and complain that we don't have a pool. Mm -hmm. I would rather have people come here that didn't want a pool, have no interest in a pool, and they're happy with the things that we do have. And that's, that's, but that sums it up for us too, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's like, if you don't want a full dance package that teaches your daughter how to be well-rounded and this and that, and you, you know, this is her main activity, then this isn't the studio for you. If right. you want to dabble in dance, then you're going to be happier over there. Right. So, and I have, you know, just like I have families who contact me who are looking for a competition program. And I say, oh, well, we don't offer that, but let me recommend you another studio um, that's nearby that has a wonderful competition program. And I can refer them to my good friend Ashley's studio. So rather than saying, oh, sorry, we don't do that. Goodbye. Or saying, you know, oh, well, here's why you shouldn't want what you're looking for and trying to convince them to want something different that is more aligned to what your studio offers why not be able to offer them another program that you also feel confident in yeah 
Yeah. Exactly. And the and the more that the more you know your other local studio owners in your area, the better you can recommend them to another program. And you know what else is good? Amanda does this, which I think is brilliant. She and the other studio because Amanda has a really good relationship with the other studios in her area and they will alert each other when there's a crazy parent like look out this one just left my studio and she's headed your way she doesn't pay her bill or you know she's (laughs) going to be the one that's going to complain about everything and so now all the studio owners are like sorry Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) yeah it could be really helpful to team up with studio owners like that Um, and I think the last point that I would like to make is just that um, we have a responsibility to be a good example to our students mm-hmm. above and beyond in every situation yes so we do not want to get catty we do not want to speak poorly and we also want to encourage our students not to do the same so right. even if the kids that leave your studio and go to the one up the road even if those kids are being nasty we need to empower our students to rise above it but we need to lead by example so we need to not speak negatively we need to show them what it looks like and we need to praise them for um when they do it so anyway i think that it's very important that we um if this situation ever happens to you that you just keep your head up high Mm -hmm. you show your show our students how we do it how yes. we 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 be the bigger person and stay out of the mud mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. yeah so i hope that it never happens to you but it could be an opportunity to improve your studio and it could mm-hmm. be an opportunity to evaluate where your weaknesses are mm-hmm. improve upon them and um come out smelling like a rose but just be very careful and try to compartmentalize the emotions right Um, which is so hard to do because our business is so personal mm -hmm. i hate it when people in this dance studio industry say it's not personal it's business but like because our industry by default is a very personal industry it's an art form it we have we work with kids like Mm -hmm. this is very personal to so many of us Mm -hmm. so but yes we have to try to compartmentalize and not get bogged down in the emotions of it because it does it does feel like shit when it happens to you but again it's not the end of the world (laughs) it's not and in the end you will if you if you do the right thing in any situation i when i'm i'm faced with this emotional onslaught of you know what am i going to do i always just try to step back and say what is the right thing to do mm-hmm. not what's going to feel good in the moment not what's the easiest thing to do but what is the right thing to do and even if it's harder and even if i don't know how to do it just do the right thing and i don't know how you can lose in the long run because then you won't look back in a couple of years and be like, yeah, I did a really shitty thing back there. No, I did the right thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Just did the right thing. Not the easy thing, not the feel good thing, not the thing that was going to make me the most money. I did the right thing. Yeah. And I don't know Sometimes how Sometimes that's hard to figure out, you know, what it is. And I would just encourage you to, if you're faced, if you're looking at a situation where you're not sure what the right thing is, give it some time before mm-hmm. you react. Give it some time before you make a decision because mm-hmm. the 
instinctual thing or, you know, what, what your brain or your heart automatically tell you to do might not be the right thing necessarily. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. That was a, that was a deep one. Yeah, no, I think, but I think it's an important one because again, it's such a hot topic and it happens so often, unfortunately, but it does. So let's end on a happy note. My heart happy moment was actually kind of a sad moment, but it, it still filled my heart. My best friend and her husband just moved to Washington state. They left on their big caravanning journey yesterday. Oh, wow. And I basically spent most of my day yesterday helping them, you know, move the last, the last of their things out of the house and into the truck and clean the house and, you know, that sort of thing. And it was just nice to be able to help out. Um, and it was a very cheery goodbye because I don't know when I'm going to see them again, but it was also like, so nice to just look back on my 16 years of friendship with this woman and just really acknowledge like how big and how important she has been in my life. Mm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, life takes us in different directions, but Mm -hmm you'll always have your memories and with technology i mean i haven't seen you in person in two years but oh my god right but but we're connected well maybe not two years it was february of it's been a while it's It's been been a while (laughs) yeah but we still see each other on this zoom every uh, week exactly Yeah. yeah yeah So I think my heart happy moment is, um, you know, it's summer in Pennsylvania. And as much as I hate it when it's gray and it's dreary, right now it's very green and there's rolling hills. And my husband works really hard to maintain our property and make sure that, you know, the pool looks good and the deck looks good and it's power washed and, you know, the planting new gardens and trimming back the property line and everything. And as much as you get caught up in the muck and the um you know i've got work to do i'm on the go i've got stuff to do next thing next thing next thing it's nice to just kind of sit back and look around and say wow look what we built you know like look what we did yeah and i've been doing that a lot at the studio too and and we're doing some um exterior improvements on our building to kind of spruce it up a little bit and um it's 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 caused me to kind of step back a little bit and just be like wow look what we made like we've got a twenty thousand square foot building that we renovated room by room by room over 20 years almost so it's and even our business it's like we're going on 30 years it's like look what we made that's amazing not and i'm not saying just me i mean my team my husband my sons like look what we did like we're this isn't nothing no it sure ain't yeah so (laughs) anyway that was kind of a a moment that i had recently oh great wonderful it was good to connect with you miss yes it's so good to see you as always um i believe we are down to our final slots for the retreat is that right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i feel like we need like one more person 
Yeah. Um, so if you've been considering it, if you've been kind of intrigued by it, um, again, the retreat is July 23rd through 25th in Cape Coral, Florida, and we would love to have you. It's going to be an amazing weekend. Your lodging, your food, your drinks, the amazing content, all of that is included. Um, so if you want to learn more, or if you want to sign up, go to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the retreat 2021 tab. And um, if there's if the registration page is still open, then we still have a spot left. So, um, but I, I have a feeling that it's going to go in the next week or so. So don't delay. Um, we would love to have you and share this amazing weekend with you. Yeah. All right. All I right. Will, I will see you next week. All right. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.